Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode number 21 of the Sideliners podcast. I'm your host, Brad Siegel, joined today by my, just one of my co-hosts, John Miles, and um, one of our good friends, Luke Leibovitz, who we have enlisted to help us with today's discussion, seeing as Ben Solis is recovering from his second COVID shot and is unable to be with us today. So sending our best wishes over to Ben, hopefully for a quick recovery and very excited that he will be vaccinated. Uh, how are we doing today? Doing good, man. Thanks for having me. I feel bad for you. Yes, ben. we're very excited to have you, Luke. Uh, Going to provide us with some great insight on the college basketball. And today we're going to be talking about some baseball. So definitely will help us out with those, you know, worlds. Um, the first thing I wanted to address, um, obviously we've talked about the coaching carousel in the college basketball world. Texas hired Chris Beard about a month ago, and this week was a big week for them. Um, they got three transfers, as well as the confirmation that players like Andrew Jones, Jay Stabris, and Brock Cunningham will be back for next year. So lots of buildup. And uh, breaking down those transfers one by one, we're going to start with the Kentucky guard, former four-star Devin Askew. Um, obviously, Kentucky didn't have the best year this year. A lot of chemistry issues, locker room stuff. But hopefully, Askew can figure it out at Texas. So, pretty excited about that. Yeah, well, what I, what I feel about him is, like, this year when you watch Kentucky, you see how much talent and potential they have. They just couldn't put it together. And I think with the skew, I think it's going to be the same situation, you know, former really highly talented recruit coming out of high school. I think now that he's got a new situation, he's going to be able to probably get some decent playing time. I just think that since he's such a good athlete, I mean, we could see some good potential out of him. It's just it was hard to see that Kentucky team play a freshman last year especially when they're not winning games um so i'm, I'm really hopeful and optimistic mm-hmm. for a skew um it's it's gonna be good we're gonna see how he fits in with our guard play uh we still got ramey and coleman i mean not maybe coleman might come back but definitely with jones and, and ramey it's gonna be interesting to watch him play yes uh moving on to the next guy timmy allen another former four-star forward from the university of utah um yeah uh, really just a solid player, not rated nearly as high as a skew, but, you know, another solid just transfer help with the depth over at UT. Yeah, for sure. I mean, he, he was averaging, if I, I think I was right, 8.9 points a game. I mean, that's decent if he's not in the starting five. And coming to Texas with some new coaching, I mean, we have our coaching staff, five coaches, it's going to be really exciting to see what they can do with Timmy Allen and, and all of the transfers, to be honest. But just with his size, especially after losing, most likely losing Sims, and then we already know we're losing Jones. We can't keep it up with all, all guard play. We're going to need some bigs, as we could see from the loss to Abilene Christian last year. That's exactly right. And Luke's favorite, the one he's most excited to talk about, um, former three-star, but don't let that deter you, Christian Bishop from Creighton. Led them to a five seed in the tournament last year, averaged 11 points, I think I saw. So, Luke, I'll I'll let you go crazy with this one. Well, if you think that Mo Bamba could dunk, wait till you see this guy. Christian Bishop, Bishop, I mean, he scores a lot of points in the paint. He can dunk. He had so many good dunks that were on the highlight reels during March Madness. And he's just an overall team player, as you could tell. He had only had 11 points per game, but if you look at his assists, I don't know the exact number, but I know the assists were high up there. 
Um, it's almost like he's a Brock Cunningham, but he's not as good defensively, and he's a little bit better offensively. I'm just uh, the potential on him is really, really good. He's he's like a he's just like Tanner Groves, who unfortunately um, did not go to Texas. He just transferred to Oklahoma. But I mean, a little bit of a bigger guy, but will surprise you because they can dunk, shoot the three, and score in the paint a lot. So very promising. I mean, if he can shoot and he's six seven and two twenty, that's that's yeah. That's I mean, it's really just. It's kind of – I have the same feeling with Texas football. I'm glad that the University of Texas and Chris Beard have given us something to be excited about for next year. And it's not just kind of going through mm-hmm. the motions, which I really think it might have been if not for all these transfers. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was saying, yeah, I was just saying for sure. You know, it's, it's tough. We just haven't been able to put it together. It feels like we have all the pieces. We just need one more, one more big move, one more big win. It just never seems to come at the right time. So right. we got some optimism coming. Into completely this. agree. Uh, other headlines, as Luke alluded to, Tanner Groves commits to OU over Texas and others. Uh, he was the forward from Eastern Washington that almost upset Kansas in the tournament, averaged 27 points a game last year. Uh, Chet Holmgren, the number one overall recruit in the class of 2021 for basketball, commits to Gonzaga. Not surprising. We kind of saw this coming, but he's 7-1. He's a center. See if he can back up his uh, hype next season. So, um, I think that concludes our college basketball segment of today's episode. And now it's time for our favorite part of the episode. Isn't that right, John? It's our sponsor. Oh, yeah. We'll be right back. All right. Welcome back, everybody. Thank you for that uh, lovely sponsor from our past Brad and Ben. Yes, uh, and and what do we, we say? We love Anchor. We love Anchor. What we say? Thank hey, you. Hey, Luke, can we get a we love Anchor? Oh, yeah, we love Anchor. Oh, yeah. Appreciate it, as always. Love our sponsors, love our fans, love our guests. We just love everyone. Full of love here at the Sidelines. Um, okay, so today is a bit of a groundbreaking kind of day. There have been a few requests, not a whole lot, I'll be honest, but a few requests from, you know, certain people to talk about the MLB. And we've always been hesitant because I, I watch the MLB, but John and Ben don't really watch the MLB. And that's okay. I have no. John's internet also no kind of spotty. So if I don't say anything. That's okay. Um, but we're going to try it. We're going to give it a shot. That's why Luke's here. He's going to help us out. Um, sure. So we're going to go right into it. We're about t- 15 games into the 2021 MLB season. And there are already a few headlines. Um, again, just going to preface this by saying it's a more, you know, casual discussion. We're not going to go as in depth as we maybe do with football and basketball, just because we don't know as much. But, um, the, the thing that really stuck out to me when looking over kind of the beginning of the MLB season, the Yankees, obviously really a top pick to win the world series this year, maybe the Dodgers, but always, you know, a preseason favorite the Yankees are. And they're five and ten, so obviously not living up to expectations. Um, and I kind of just was wondering, like, what do you make of this? So, Luke, what do you make of this? Yeah, sure. So, I mean, I'm I'm just glad, first of all, that we're having a full 162 game season. It it definitely uh, gives you more time to relax, especially if your team, like my team, the Cardinals, are hovering around 500, not not having the best record. You still have almost 150 games to go. And so what I take of like these early games is you're going to, you're going to see stuff, especially in a, in a COVID 
season that is unusual. Like for example, like look at the the Washington Nationals. So they are five and eight on the season, but coming into the season, they I mean they have one of the best lineups. They have arguably the best hitter in the game right now, Juan Soto, in right field, and they have arguably the best rotation in the National League. But because of COVID, they lost. They started their season one and five because most of their players were still on the COVID uh, restriction list and could not play. So what what I'm going with in this argument is that most of these standings are – I mean, it's not going to reflect what you're going to see at the end of the year. Now, however, like the, the Dodgers, we know the Dodgers are going to be unstoppable and most likely will make the, the – at least the NLCS, if not the World Series. But, I mean, when you see teams like the Marlins in third place in their division, I mean, the Nationals are going to catch up once they get their bearings back. I mean, once the Yankees get their bearings back, hopefully you see them start winning more. Um, and one more, one more thing I'd like to add on to, like, when you see these teams that have been affected by COVID or have had slow starts, even though they have good rosters, then you look at teams like the Red Sox and the Mariners, who are leading their divisions, even though they are the worst or second worst team in the division. So... First, let's, we can look at the Mariners. And, Brad, I'll, I'll let you talk about the Mariners if you want to a little bit. But they're 10-6, 16 games into the season. But when you look at their roster, I mean, the Mariners just are not that good of a team. Like, No, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure I can name more than two or three players on the Mariners roster. Right. To be honest with you. I couldn't name one. Let's hear it. Who's, who's your one? Oh. I said I couldn't oh, well. name one. Well, that's different. You don't watch baseball. <laughs> so the Mariners um, coming into the year. Yeah. I mean, first of all, you, you know their 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 rotation, their starting rotation is just not very good. They just lost yeah. a really good pitcher, James Paxton. He's out for the year with elbow problems. Um. So now your your ace is Marco Gonzalez. He used to be on the Cardinals. He he just is not the best player ever. He he just is not the the kind of ace you want to have, and then. The only other pitcher that anyone would even recognize in this team would be Chris Flexen. But, I mean, he's a a fourth-day, maybe fifth-day starter at best, and they have him in the three spot right now. They just don't have a good rotation. And and the team, I mean, besides – I mean, the bullpen, they have Rafael Montero. That's a name. He's more of a veteran player that you hear of. And he's doing really good, but – it's a small sample size of 15 games. It's just not going to carry on to the rest of the year. Sure. Right. And you, you have, you know, examples like this, I would say in most years, that's kind of just the reality is in the MLB, anyone can win on any given day for the most part. And you have teams like the Mariners can go 10 and six. The Red Sox can go 11 and six. The Royals can go nine and five teams that you wouldn't really expect every once in a while. They continue that trend, but it, the MLB, the standings usually, I would say, work themselves out, and the better team gets to the top. They find their way. For sure, for sure. So kind of the same stuff we're alluding to. Yeah, I mean, just like you, you just gotta really look at the roster. I mean, like the Mariners, Kyle Seager. That's that's it. That's all you have. I mean, you look at the Red Sox, and you're gonna you're gonna hear names that you recognize. Obviously, like you hear Chris Sale in the bull in the rotation. Obviously, he's out for the most of the year. He'll come back. Nathan Evaldi. But then you've got players that even if you don't watch baseball, you're gonna you're gonna know you're gonna know like Xander Bogarts and Rafael Devers. They're always all over MLB's Instagram. They're just flashy players. Alex Verdugo, Hunter Renfro. 
These are players that just they would start over anybody on the Mariners team. So this Red Sox team, although I still don't think they're the second or first uh, team in the division, they are still a strong contender. But like you were saying, the standings will work themselves out. Yes. Uh, and yeah, so that kind of addresses that. And as far as kind of the division races thus far, it's really been pretty evenly spread, honestly. There are some surprises, but in some divisions there aren't. I mean, the Dodgers, like we said, are 13-3, and looking like by far the best team in the MLB right now. Um, I, the Mets are leading their division. I'm not sure if that's going to hold, but it might. The Braves kind of off to a slow start over there. The Reds are leading the NL Central. I'm sure you're not happy about, but oh well. I don't, all the all the yeah. the preseason hype in 2020 was the Reds' offense and how it was going to be so good, and it was worrying me. But then they they had one of the worst runs scored totals all year. But this year it's like it's just all of a sudden it's just happened again. Then they're just scoring; they're averaging seven runs a game right now. It's it's crazy. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that pretty much does it for the MLB. Luke, really appreciate you being here. Uh, definitely helped me out on the MLB. Definitely, yeah. definitely needed that one. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, that that pretty much does it from us. Make sure to download our episodes on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Tell your friends. Give us a rating. It's a blast. Reach out to us if you're interested on in being on here for anything. Uh, we'd love to have you. Maybe we'll do another raffle type thing. And that just about does it. Thanks again uh, from Anchor. Can't forget to say that again. And, yeah, we will see you on Thursday, and it will be exactly one week before the NFL draft. All right. Have a good day, everybody. See ya.